0: Hi, my name is Mike Mitchell, and I'm the Arts Director for Mount Pleasant Schools. I'm Kate Finn, the STEM Director for Mount Pleasant Schools.
1: Welcome to Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, where we believe
0: the the arts are the heat heat that turns STEM into STEAM. steam. We're here today with Chris Milligan uh, from Nissan who spent the day with us talking to our high school kids and our seventh and eighth grade middle schoolers about uh, the state of manufacturing today and the future of where it's going and how robotics plays a huge part in the present and the future of manufacturing. So Chris, you wanna tell us a little bit about what you do at Nissan?
1: Yeah, so I'm the uh, maintenance senior manager, so I have all responsibility for all the assembly lines that make the engines as well as the e-motor line. So it's six engine assembly lines and one e-motor line. Uh, the maintenance department that works for me does all of the management of the robots, cameras, AGVs, all the systems in place uh, is all under my responsibility, as well as we even build machines now. Um, I have a team that does that. I have a team that does uh, a little bit of analytics tools, so they build in this autonomous monitoring of the machines themselves. Um, so it's, it's pretty broad. Very broad STEM area. So I have engineers that work for me,
0: technologists that work for me, technicians
1: that work for me, all all of them.
0: So we spent the day with your presentation and um, watching kind of still surprises me from the first time I ever saw this presentation a year and a half ago. To today just at the fast pace of the growth but one of the things that I I found really interesting is you had a slide that showed you know the top skills that manufacturers or employers in general are looking for you know from what was it 2015 to to today today. Um, what is it you know if you're looking to hire somebody either straight out of high school or community college or even college What do you need from schools to make sure that those students are ready?
1: Yeah, so uh, on that list, the first two things are problem solving and critical thinking. You think about it, uh, automation is, when it goes wrong, it goes wrong. You know, everybody has this technology at home. It's very frustrating to figure out what's wrong with it. So the more of that we have, probably the more difficult, challenging problems we're going to have. But also putting it in place requires the ability to fail and overcome. So that's one of the challenges that we see is some people are willing to just jump right in there, get a manual, figure it out, learn how to do it. And then over time, they fail their way toward success, right? Whereas other people, they, they have this fear of failure and they will try, find out that it's harder than initial response and then back away from it and ask the guy who's over here who eventually over time, because they do fail so many times, they just get really good at things. And that becomes the guy that everybody goes to so to me those two that's a really important idea of well, let's figure out how to solve problems without feeling uh, stressed out or overwhelmed by it so that we run away from it but the other side of it is what problem solving can't be done alone you know you think about companies mm-hmm. uh champion diversity nowadays like nissan is is in one of the top list of companies that champion diversity and there's that's not because it's a nice pr thing it's because it's a business competitive advantage People who come from different backgrounds see the world differently. Uh, as a result of that, they, they see problems differently. And when you get them together in a room, if you can get them to get along, they will overcome those challenges. So soft skills is uh, one of the other big chunks of skills that, that's in that list of uh, collaborating with others, negotiating, uh, teamwork. All those things are also important. And so uh, the education system now, where it's all project-based, is a tremendous help for once they get into the career place of working together in teams, because the ones who can't doesn't matter how smart that engineer is. If they're on an Island, they can't help us.
0: So you kind of touched on an interesting point is that collaborative piece, Mm -hmm. but for us here, we're a steam school and steam is really gaining more momentum and instead of just STEM, but that steam. So that arts component, even in, at Nissan, how do you see the arts playing yeah. a, a critical role in what you look for in workers? So,
1: um, I, and I think this is actually something that's given me a strong advantage over your traditional engineer. Um, I, in about 16 years old, I learned about Leonardo da Vinci, and I don't know if you know about him. The guy had like 70 things <laughs> he was good at. He did interior decorating. He did the Mona Lisa. He invented war machines. He was a party planner even. And because he spread his thought process across all of these areas, when it came time for him to solve a problem, he had all these neural connections that were just all over the place, and it ha- helped him think about problems in a different way because that's really what it comes down to is uh, what businesses are doing is they're just solving problems all day long, better, faster, cheaper, right? That's a problem. Um, so that's why I think that same list has creativity now as number three. Five years ago, it was number ten. Because creativity depends on this ability to make associations between ideas that maybe not necessarily a direct connection. It requires a little bit of that flexible, divergent thinking. What does creativity teach us? Divergent thinking. You know, you think of some of the art that's out there, uh, a dolly or something like that. It's very crazy stuff, right? Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: that's art's what keeps us from getting bound up into this in-the-box thinking where we can't really see beyond the rules that are given us. For engineers this is really important because they're going to go through five years of school learning about all the boundaries that they can't the break on. so having that creative side helps them uh, still be able to be innovative mm-hmm. and reflexive to, to a new changing world
0: so we're seeing a lot more kids you know that in schools there's a lot of this focus on college and career ready yeah. skills coming out of high schools so we know that if you go to a four-year college, you get your bachelor's and then eventually your master's, you know, you, you have a, a certain opportunity to be mm-hmm. able to get jobs at like Nissan and other places. But what about in terms of that career readiness? Mm-hmm. You, you're starting to hear a little bit about it, but from your standpoint, you know, a kid comes out of high school, they may be not ready to go to a four-year college. What opportunities would they have And what areas should they start to look towards while they're in high school to be able to work, let's say, for your group or at Um, Nissan?
1: So a lot of companies are shifting away from this idea that a bachelor's degree used to be a signal. It It told businesses that you can stay committed to something for four or five years, get through it. And that meant that those maybe not all the skills transfer, but this idea of staying committed to an idea was really important. Whereas today, especially within the tech industry, we're moving less away from that and more towards a competency approach is what can you do? So you think about uh, there's all these boot camps out there teaching people to uh, program computers, right? Companies are hiring people just based on these competencies. So it's less about having the uh, certification or anything like that and more about what you can do. So I think that is really the important piece of this is, Today, you can learn more than ever in history, right? I can literally go home today and learn math from an MIT professor that's better at teaching it than anybody in the world, right? Mm -hmm. That gives me that competency ability. So knowing how to learn is a more important skill than what you know today to me, because that's what's going to keep allowing you to invest in yourself over and over and over again and gain those new skills.
0: Now, do you see that students who go to high school and maybe then go and take advantage of the Tennessee promise that we have here and go into a community college for two years, coming out with a a two-year degree in, let's say, mechatronics, Mm -hmm. do they have opportunities after that program at Nissan?
1: Absolutely. So almost, I won't say universally, but near universally at this point, when we hire a new maintenance technician, they've just come out of a trade school or out of a mechatronics program. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Rarely do they have experience because it's getting so hard to find people. Uh, because the demand is just so high at this point. I mean, it is uh, where I talked about, Amazon now has completely robotized their warehouses. Well, every company is making their distribution centers now like this, where it's automated. Well, what does that mean you need more of? Maintenance people. So manufacturers like me are now having to compete against all these other industries that are now installing all this automation, whereas it used to just be limited to car companies because they were previously the only ones that could afford the capital, to invest in this stuff whereas now it's everywhere
0: um this is the third time i've seen you present yeah. and taking your time to come talk to a graduate school class that's how i first met you taking a time to come out to one of the schools i worked with in nashville and now taking a whole day out of your crazy schedule to come talk to um our students here at mount pleasant why do you do it? why
1: i think it goes back to um Seeing those high school students, like in the presentation, I talked about uh, going to a career day and there was all these young men that came up to me and said, I want to work on diesel engines when I get out of school or I want to work on uh, uh, cars when I get out of school. I want to be an auto mechanic. I want to be an auto body repair person. But I work for Nissan and Nissan's got two very important goals in the place to make cars autonomous, to make them safer because people lose attention and they text and drive and they drink and drive and all that. So the sooner that we get to the car drives itself, the safer the world's going to be. And the second thing is electrification because of climate change, right? If we can get the sun providing energy to the batteries that's in the car, we no longer have to burn those fossil fuels. So this is literally Nissan's two top priorities. And if you look at the other car companies, they're going to tell you the same exact thing. Well, what those two things mean is there's no longer any auto mechanics, what my dad has done my entire life. There's no longer any auto body repair people. There's no longer any more diesel mechanics. Those things go away. So to me, I should be telling uh, these young people, hey, be aware of this. You might want to change your plans a little bit. And the sooner I can get to them uh, at a younger age, the less painful it is to make that switch. You know, I can get them to pay more attention to high school math. To me, I had to go back and relearn literally all the math that I learned in high school and college so that I could do the AI stuff now. Um, So having that in their head early is really why I do it, is to help them make better choices.
0: Um, I know you said you were a student now, too. You're doing your MBA. Um, Did you start in your career field with a bachelor's?
1: I did not. So um, when I got out of high school, I joined the Navy, um, went into their nuclear power program, which is uh, I did electronics, electrical, and nuclear engineering technology, Uh, spent four years then on a submarine operating the nuclear power plant. It sounds very exciting, but it's not. Um, And then after that, I went into manufacturing as a maintenance technician because those skills transferred very well. As a maintenance technician, because I could take a box of parts and put together an entire machine from it, fail and learn from the failure and overcome, my management said, hey, we're going to make you be an engineer. Mm -hmm. After I became an engineer, they said, hey, we would like you to be a senior engineer. Go back and get your degree. We'll pay for it. So I got the bachelor's after I'd already transferred into that engineering program.
0: And so did you just decide to go back to school on your own, or did you actually find Nissan supported? or
1: Nissan encouraged it. Encouraged it. Yeah, my senior manager at the time asked me to go get a degree so that he could give me that promotion to senior engineer.
0: Do you see more companies willing to invest in their workers' education to be able to, A, allow them to move up, or B, change with the demands, the change in the demands mm-hmm. of the
1: job? So – uh i work for an automaker and uh, i've seen i've been there for 17 years so the changes that have occurred in that 17 years some of my engineers still don't have degrees but in many of the roles now it's getting to the point where they say you know what if you don't get a degree we can't give you this opportunity we can't give you this benefit you can't get in management anymore without degree because they've learned that people learn all the skills that they need to be a good manager they learn in uh, like business administration programs and these leadership programs Uh, So companies are starting to make it less and less opportunity for people who don't have the degree. Um, Unless it's something that specifically the training was in, like a trade school, like a maintenance technician. Um, So all of our engineers, other than maintenance engineers, do have to have a degree. It's just maintenance engineers because they typically come from trade school, maintenance technician, maintenance engineer. We don't require
0: it. So one final thought. Uh, What You gave a lot of information today, and it's amazing. You know, if you look at just what's going on and behind just simply going to, you know, I have one of those Alexas from Amazon and I say, hey, Alexa, you know, do this or do that or order this. But what goes on behind that to make it happen is amazing. Um, so what is one final thing that you would want to say to teachers out there in to, again, help them get their students ready for this continuous Increase in technology in the workforce.
1: Yeah, I think um, I'm actually going through an audiobook right now a gentleman by the name of uh, Clayton Christensen. He specializes in Mm -hmm. disruption He's a Harvard professor and he talks about the whole idea that the education system itself is in the process of being disrupted So if you go back to when I was a kid It was a lot of sitting in a room someone's talking to you for an hour You have to take notes then you have to take a (laughs) test a few weeks later and that was really it, right? That's 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 all you did well In Christensen's mind, we should be looking at it from the job to do. So what is the student here to do? We think we're here to teach them stuff, but what they're here to do is socialize, experiment, and learn about the world. So a project-based education is really the way to get towards that. My story, thank you. Uh, This is the thing that's going to prepare them more for the workforce because the workforce is nothing like high school was when I was a kid and you still have some people who that when they get in the for- workforce they still see the world through that lens of high school if I check the right boxes I get my A and I get my promotion so one of the things I do is I coach people on making that transition from high school thinking to the professional world where it would be better if they just came out of high school thinking about this world of collaborative problem-solving overcoming failures that's really what I want teachers to instill in our students let them experiment let them fail don't hold their hand and let them learn.
0: Great. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming out here today and for doing this podcast with us. Um, and I look forward to, you know, definitely a strong partnership where, you know, helping you educate not only our students, but even teachers on what is needed by the workforce, because I think that that's an invaluable uh, insight. Well, thank you for uh, joining us. I'm Kate. I'm Mike. And this is another episode of Tennessee. Worse, 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 worse,